Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about investing, real estate, early retirement, marriage, and much more. But you don't have to worry. It won't be done in the same boring format that you're used to. We're going to put a little bit of swag on it. So enjoy today's episode. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. And we have a very, very special guest with us today. Uh, We have Kendra, also known as the key resource. Um, We love uh, Kendra's platform. Shira actually uh, stumbled on uh, Kendra's Instagram showed me he's like oh Marcus you got to check this out you know she's talking about real estate and she's she's educating so Kendra is a author uh, an educator a speaker and uh, we're going to let her speak for herself and share her story with us but uh, we're excited to have you on Kendra welcome to the podcast hey thank you <laughs> so Kendra we were kind of like uh, doing doing a deep dive into your story and we want to take it back we want to start with uh, your you very unique college experience. Can you break that down for our listeners? Uh, Because it was really a a cool story. Yeah, definitely. So I majored in agricultural economics in college, which is so random. And I went to North Carolina A&T State University, which is a historically black college. And people are always like, well, how did you end up in agriculture? Like, did you grow up on a farm? And the answer is not at all. Like, I don't even like being outside. So (laughs) for for me to get into agriculture was... um, it was kind of random. My uh, my mom, she was really big on me, like applying for scholarships and things like that. And she promised me if I got a full ride scholarship, she'd buy me a car. So I came across this scholarship. And if any of you know anyone who's going to be going, if any of you listening know anyone who's going to college anytime soon, definitely, definitely write this down. It's called the USDA. 1890 scholars program and it is amazing it's a full ride scholarship that um, also comes with a guaranteed government job after graduation an internship every summer like when i tell you i didn't pay for any pens pencils my computer my laptop was paid for like meal plan housing everything um and and the purpose of it is to get minorities into um, into agricultural sciences right because a lot of people who grew up in the city, especially black people, aren't going to major in things like agricultural economics. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. Then I went and got my master's at Purdue University in the same thing and then, you know, started working at USDA. But because of that scholarship, I didn't have any student loans when I graduated. So that is such a wonderful thing. And so it's good to hear that you've brought up that um, opportunity. So definitely, if you're listening, take advantage of that. And so one of the things that Kendra is known for is real estate. And um, she also has a course. And so we want to talk about that a little bit more. But what drew you to real estate investing? 
another random uh, series of events, right? And I think like everything happens for a reason. But like I said, I went to North Carolina A&T, majored in agriculture, started working for the government and really never thought about investing at all. And it's not because I didn't think I could, but I just never thought about it. Like I was doing what I was taught we were supposed to do, go to school, get a degree, start working, got married, bought a house, like, you know, checking everything off the list. Um, and then I played this game called Cash Flow, which now, like, in sharing this part of the story is really weird for me because I don't know if you guys have seen the recent things that the creator of Cash Flow has said. You know, now we're in this really interesting time in the world where we're going through this awakening, right? We're, right. we're all talking about race and stuff like that, and people's true colors are showing. But the game is called Cash Flow, and the creator of it is Robert Kiyosaki, who um, wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm sure you guys did. You guys played Cash Flow before? I've never yeah. played the game, but I I knew that he had a board game. Right, right, so. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, yeah, and I love, I really love the game. I hate the things that he said recently, but honestly, the game really um, made me realize that passive income is so crucial to building wealth. And if your money's not making money, then it's like, what are you doing? Like you're working every day, you're exchanging time for money. But if you're not making money in your sleep, then you'll never be able to, you know, be wealthy. And um, after playing that game, my husband and I were like, wait a minute. So if you have to invest in real estate to win the game, then in the game of life, like real life, we need to be investing in real estate. We're losing, right? Um, And so we just, it it just spurred us to start looking for our first rental property. And then it just snowballed from there. Wow, that's amazing. And and kind of to piggyback on uh, some of the things you were saying about the creator of the game. Yeah, we we touched on that. I touched on that with a, a friend of ours. Actually, you were on uh, the Money Monopolizers on their podcast. So uh-huh. I had um, Alex on our show. So we, we kind of touched on that. Uh-huh. So so the great thing about your story is you, you came out of college without uh, student loan debt. And we were doing uh-huh. some, some, some looking on, on your story. And you said when you wanted to get into real estate, you, you, you didn't have a lot of money. So can you go into that and maybe, you know, what some of your spending habits were prior to and how that maybe you had to adjust that to, to really become an investor? Oh, man. Yeah, I think people see me and they're like, oh, she must have always been good with money. And that's so not the case. Now, my husband, he was always good with money. But me, my credit score was like not so great. Um, No one really told me the impact that your credit score can have for years down the road. I mean, I knew I should have been paying my bills on time and things like that. But no one said like, well, you know, if you get a mortgage, like it's going to cost you more if you don't have good credit. And honestly, like the very first mortgage that we got, I'm still paying basically for my bad credit score years ago. Like that's how that works. Right. And um, there's this, it's so funny because one of the things that really tanked my credit score was my J crew credit card. And I always joke that like, I need to be buried in my J crew, this J crew blazer I have, like just bury <laughs> me in it. Cause I'm, it's the most expensive base blazer I've ever purchased in my life. Cause I'm still paying for it. Like, I will never throw that blazer away. It's like one of the last things I have from like that time in my life. Um, Because that mortgage that we got, like I'm still paying for those mistakes. And so I didn't always have good spending habits, but I learned to change them over time. And and I was still able to invest in real estate. That's that's so true. I think we talk about um, the interest rate, like just... Yeah. A, a point on on your interest rate could yeah. drastically change what you're paying per month. So uh, exactly. credit is, is 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 big for sure. 
It is. Yeah. So one of the things that we've learned about you is that you have reached financial independence and you retired early and you were able to leave your nine to five. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. So um, I retired at the age of 32. My husband and I both retired within a few months of each other. And honestly, y'all, like I was ready to retire like three years before I actually did. But my husband is very patient. He's a numbers person. And he was like, look, I know we can do it now, but like, let's make sure it's sustainable. And, and I'm really appreciative for that because with real estate, there are ups and downs with any investing, stock investing, right? And you do want to make sure that even once you've reached your cash flow goal, which is what we did, we set a number. Okay, we need to make this much per month in order for us to feel comfortable with leaving our nine to five jobs. And even once we reach that number, he's like, let's just make sure that with the ups and downs, we'll still be good. And then that's when we finally, um, you know, push the button. Right. So in terms of your financial freedom number, what are some of the things that you took into consideration to determine that number? So we just looked at our lifestyle and figured out, you know, what do we need to be comfortable? And people ask me all the time, well, like, how many rental properties do I need to retire? And it's like, there's no special number. Like, what do you personally need to live off of? And what does your life look like? Um, you know, can you reduce any expenses? What, how much money do you need to make to kind of offset, you know, the expenses in your life and things like that? But we didn't even have a ton of rental properties when we retired. Like, we had eight units total. I mean, I have friends who have like 40 and 50 rental properties. Um, and so it's just, it's just different because if you think about it, like eight rental properties in Washington, D.C. is going to have a very different rental income capacity than like eight rental properties in Detroit or eight rental properties in Sacramento. Like they're all going to put out um, very different amounts of money. And so you have to figure out first, how much do you need to survive? And then how many rental properties where you live or wherever you invest, is it going to take you to get there? Wow. That's amazing. And you, you hit one of our next questions. Um, but so Kendra, when you set out for this goal, how long did it take you from the beginning of your investor journey to mm -hmm. retirement? Like how, how long was that process? So we've been investing in real estate for six years, but we didn't really start being intentional about getting towards retirement until, I guess, three years in. And it, it we made sure it was sustainable for three years. So I guess six years, it was a six years in the making, but three years of like really intentional, like saving and, and uh, making sure we can meet that that monthly income goal. Hey, family, be sure to grab Kendra's new ebook. The Rental Property 90-Day Action Plan. The link is in the show notes below. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now thinking about strategies, because we get a lot of questions, um, you know, what's the best way to get into real estate? And we know there's many different ways to be an investor. So mm -hmm. as far as your strategy on financing the properties, could you touch on that a little bit? Because we get that question a lot. Uh, how, you know, how do I how do I get in and get started? 
Yeah, the beautiful thing about real estate is there's so many ways to get started. That's why I love it so much. And you don't need a ton of money to get into it. Honestly, like our first property, since we hadn't been saving for it at all, we were like going on vacation and like getting, you know, custom things built in our house that we didn't even need. But um, we ended up borrowing from our retirement, which is really risky, you know, especially when I talk about it to, you know, financial gurus, they, right. they, they cringe, right? Like, oh, don't say that to my audience, but it's our reality. We didn't know any other way. And I want to encourage anyone who's thinking about borrowing from your retirement to buy a rental property or to invest in anything that you definitely consult with a financial advisor because it's not going to work for everybody. Um, the, the numbers worked for us. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the other controversial thing is right getting a mortgage right especially people who like you guys you know you, you know debt free right debt free is, is the thing to be and a mortgage is debt so is it okay to do i believe that it is i believe that there is good debt and bad debt um and i believe that if your debt is making you money then that's an okay debt to have um so you can Borrow from your retirement. If it works for you, you can finance a property with a mortgage. You can pay cash. You can do seller financing. Um, you can get a capital partner. You can um, invest as a group. There are so many different ways to do it. So, like, yeah, we get a lot of pushback about you guys are uh, black married if you have that title, but you have a, a you know real estate. And so my thing is, okay, we did that. So that's why we wear that title for one and two. The debt is. It producing money so it's not uh it's, it's cash flowing you know so if you consider that debt and that's just you know just makes you so upset then hey <laughs> what, what right. can i say right <laughs> it's, yeah it's to each his own but yeah. yeah if your debt is making money then hey like i'm like my tenants are paying my debt i don't yeah. hey exactly exactly that's, that's the kind of debt i want to have but consumer debt no no thank you right <laughs> Right. And one of the unique things about your story is that you purchased properties in a state that you don't live in. And so can you talk about the experience of purchasing a property in another state and like maybe some things that played into your decision to do that? Yeah, so we have our rental properties in D.C. and Maryland, and we live in Texas. We just moved to Texas, though, so we moved here, like, right before the pandemic hit. So it hasn't been too long, but um, we started, you know, we lived in D.C. when we started purchasing in that area. And I would say to anyone who is purchasing in another state, um, try to purchase in a state that you have some knowledge of. Like, you went to college there, you have family there, you've been there before. But even if you don't, make sure that you build up a team on on the ground that can kind of be your eyes and ears. Um, so there's nothing wrong with purchasing out of state, especially if you live in a high cost of living area like New York or like California and places like that. Um, there's nothing wrong with it at all. You just want to make sure that you have a property manager or some kind of eyes and ears on the ground. Um, for us, we self-manage our properties just because we lived in DC so long. We have people there that we already trust. We don't feel like we need property management. So it's totally doable either way. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, we, we share that often uh, about having the team in place. And I think that that's, that's key too, you know? Um, yes. So Kendra, you have so many resources that you share and that you have available. Can you go into what some of those are? So uh, our listeners could definitely check them out. 
Yeah, I have tons of courses and ebooks and things like that. But the one that I will say is really good to start out with is what's called the 90 day action plan. And it's basically like a step by step guide, like everything I wish I had known six years ago that nobody told me, um, just a kind of like a checklist of things you need to do to get your first rental property. And I break it down like week by week over the course of 90 days. But even though it's, it's set for 90 days, it could take you 30, 60, 180. It really doesn't matter. You have to go at your own pace and make sure um, you're doing what's right for you. But it's basically just a guide. And I want to say, too, for everyone listening, like we're in this age of social media where it it feels like there's a lot of pressure, right, to perform and do these different things that everyone else is doing. Um, And I do want to encourage and empower people to get into real estate investing. But if real estate investing is not for you or not for you right now, that is okay. Um, I just want to be a representation that you can do it, right? And if you want to do it, here are things I wish I knew. So don't start real estate investing because you heard me on this podcast. Like do it because it's something that's really going to get you to your goals and that you really, truly want to do. But at the end of the day, just make sure your money's making money. Whether it's stock market, real estate, business, like whatever you want to do make sure your money's making money, like hands down. Right. That's such a great point. I know Marcus and I, we had a conversation with someone not too long ago and it was like, we just want to get a property. And I'm like, you can do that, but also have a long-term plan and a long-term strategy because one property in and of itself is not going to change your life. Sometimes it's like, (laughs) if I just get that one, I'm done, you know, but it's like a trophy, (laughs) right? But you know, it's a process, you know, have a long-term plan and like your plan was just um, I was, it's an expedited, you know, plan. It's, it's something that's, um, not conventional, but it's so good to see. It's so refreshing that you were able to reach your retirement number, you know, in about six years. And so that's, that's awesome, but definitely have a long-term plan and make sure your money is making money. That's an excellent point. Absolutely. So Kendra, what is next for you as a I guess it's a two-part question. Next for you as an investor, you and your husband, and then what's next for you as, you know, an educator or an author or all the other great things that you're doing? Uh, Yeah, so now we've actually gotten into stock investing. So we're like day trading, which is really fun. Are you guys into stock investing too? We do, but we haven't tried any of the day trading. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about that. (laughs) We're still learning. So I I took a course, an online course, and um, my husband is really into it more than I am, but we've both been like really learning and and that's been super fun. Um, And then also I want to get into vending, like the vending machine business. I'm really excited to do that too. So we're always looking for creative ways to make passive income. We're like really entrepreneurs at heart. Um, But other than that, I just, we spend all day like chasing our almost one year old around. Uh, (laughs) That is like all we do. I'm sure you guys know. Right. I'm so glad that you said that because that was one of the questions that we were going to ask is how do you continue to build wealth once you've retired or once you've reached your, your um, financial independence number. And so you're still investing, you're still uh, generating wealth and looking into other passive income ideas. And so it's something that you really never stop doing, which is really great. Oh, no, we'll, we'll never stop. And we're always looking for that next property. Like we just have that investment mindset. But the really cool thing is now we don't really have to make any certain amount of money per month. Everything we do now is because we just want to do it. And so that freedom is just it's amazing. Right. It's so good to have options. Right. And yeah. I think 
that that's what a lot of us want and a lot of us are um, aspiring to to have those options and so that's really great so Kendra I did want to ask you mm-hmm. are you a proponent of and specifically with your properties paying them off because I'm, I'm I'm getting the feeling like that's probably the route you went it was to aggressively pay them down so that they could cash flow you more and then you could retire is that is that kind of the strategy you use no, we okay. we didn't do that at all. And we don't know. We don't put like any extra on the mortgage or anything, which, you know, is also it, it can be a little touche for some, <laughs> for some investors. But no, we don't we don't do that. We we just bought low. We bought like what, what some people consider the hood. Right. And as D.C. gentrified, the rental um, market, the, the rental income just skyrocketed and we were just able to get a really good return on, on our investment. So oh, that's great. But no, we don't especially like we know we don't. Our goal is not to pay the mortgage off early. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. Cool. Right. And I do want to make note that debt freedom is not the goal. OK, mm-hmm. it could be a goal. But it's not the final end all be all. The final end all be all is, you know, for you to reach financial abundance. You know, you want to get your financial independence number and then get your financial abundance number so that you can do the things that you want to do. You can be debt free. But as long as you have to get up and go to work, well, I guess that's what we used to do. Get up and drive to work and come home. As long as you're working a nine to five, you're not living like no one else. <laughs> you're living like, you're living everybody, like else. everybody else. <laughs> OK, so the goal is to create those streams of passive income. Kendra, so thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on. Now, for our listeners, can you let them know how they can reach you, how they can get a hold of uh, all your content and everything like that? Yeah, definitely. You guys can find me on Instagram at The Key Resource. And if you heard me on this podcast, feel free to DM me, reach out. I would love to chat with you guys. So mm-hmm. check out Kendra, The Key Resource, her course, <laughs> everything that she's doing. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Cool. Thanks, Kendra. We appreciate you. <laughs> Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor. And don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black Married and Debt Free podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time, I'll let you guys later.